And the most needy people are so. Let's turn our Bibles to Mark, Mark 16, verse uh, 15 to 20. We're talking today about being convinced by the power of God. Convinced by the power of God. I'm just going to go through some verses for you today. So you need to either have your iPhones if you're using them or whatever you're using or a Bible so you can hear your pages turning quickly today. Mark 16 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues, and they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached... Everywhere. Everybody say everywhere. Everywhere. Say it again. Everywhere. They preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe if we're going to go out evangelizing, the evidence that God is on the evangelism is that God turns up. Signs and wonders happen. Something happens. Now we know the most important miracle is that miracle of salvation. That's a miracle. You don't know how, why people get saved, do we? We preach the gospel, which is God's love. We preach that sin blocks you from knowing God. We preach the cross of Christ as the only way to get to God through Christ Jesus. And then we preach repentance. And in the natural, that message doesn't make a lot of sense. Why believe in a man that died 2,000 years ago? Why is that relevant for today? And I just plugged Colin's message this morning. Get Colin's message this morning because he was explaining all about Jesus and the relevance of that message today. But in the natural, it doesn't make sense. The Bible says that the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. That means it doesn't make sense to them. You're preaching the cross of Christ. You're preaching about this man who died 2,000 years ago. But when you preach the gospel, the gospel happens. That means there's a transformation that happens in somebody's heart. Hallelujah. You're preaching the message and suddenly someone will come to you and say, listen, I want to know about Jesus. I feel convicted of my sin. I remember when we were in the middle of Leicester Square and we were preaching the gospel. And one young man, he stopped and he seemed interested. We just continued to preach. His friend came along and just said, listen, it's time to go. Let's go into the club. Let's go to the restaurant. And he's persuading him to move. And then straight away, this man got convicted as he, as he preached. One of the ladies spoke to him and said, listen... I bind that distraction in the name of Jesus. As soon as she said that, the man came forward. He ran to the front and he said, listen, I'm a backslidden Christian. I need to receive Jesus in my life. My wife has been praying for me. Can you pray for me right now to receive Jesus? Hallelujah. The gospel has power. Now, I didn't persuade him. <laughs> Nobody persuaded him. Something supernatural happened. Even the preacher, he might not have even been making any sense. Someone who listens there, well, that's not the most anointed sermon. He just continued to preach. And something of what he was saying convicted that man and he came forward. That's the power of the gospel right there. The gospel is the power of God into salvation. Romans 1.16, that's the key verse for this series. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation to those who believe. Hallelujah. For those who are being saved. So when you preach the gospel, the gospel happens. That's what happened yesterday. We were preaching the gospel through music, through drama. And as we preached, 65 people, 60, can you imagine if 65 people got saved here at the 2.30 service? I mean, you guys would be dancing, you'd be running around, Dave wouldn't be needing to coax anybody into worship. We'd be just going crazy because 65 people responded. That's almost one third of the people here today. Hallelujah. 65 people yesterday who needed the gospel as the gospel was preached through one-to-one -one evangelism, through prayer, through worship. 
Those people came forward, filled out a consolidation form and got prayed for. Thank you, Lord. That's because the gospel is the power of God. When you go out and you preach the gospel, something needs to happen. Hallelujah. Something needs to happen. I remember going out uh, one time on the street and preaching. You know, you, you hear many preachers preaching on the street. And preaching on the street is not the only method of evangelism. But I tell you what, the only method of evangelism is, is anointed evangelism. Anointed gospel preaching. You can do anything as long as you're anointed. It will make a difference. If you're not anointed, if you're not filled with God, if you don't have God's heart, it's not going to make a difference. When you get up there and you preach, I was preaching in Leicester Square. And as I begin to preach, I got a bottle thrown at me. Glory to God. Anybody had a bottle thrown at you? A Newcastle brown ale bottle. In fact, they had two thrown at me. And they hit me in the chest. And it just dropped on the floor. I just continued to preach. And then one just whizzed past my head. And, and I just continued to preach. How did I continue to preach? Because I was so filled with God. I wasn't persuaded about the Newcastle brown ale bottle. Because if you were, it, it, if it hit me and I was in the natural, then I would have just got down and said, listen, I need to go to the hospital. I'm a little shaken. I'm, I'm scared. That's what evangelism can do to you. You can be scared, but you need to pass from fear into boldness. And that's why you need the power of God. That's why you need God's power on you to get rid of fear, be delivered from fear, and now start to preach in a totally different level and a totally different zone. And as I begin to preach, I give the altar call, and two people came forward and gave their life to Jesus. A man came forward and he testified. He said, you know, I've been here in Leicester Square, and uh, I've been hearing people preach, and you know, I've heard them, and it's just purely natural. Uh, they're just wasting their time. It wasn't making any difference at all. But today I saw you preaching and I could just sense God's power. I'm a backslidden Christian, he said. And I, I just got convicted of my sin right there on the spot. And I tell you, it, it's supernatural evangelism that we need. Hallelujah. Not natural evangelism. Not going out there trying to persuade people. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. It's not natural evangelism that we need. Thank God for friendship evangelism. And I do encourage you as we approach the Easter period to make sure that you've got your evangelism at three. Hallelujah. How many people have an evangelism at three? How many people don't know what I'm talking about? Charlie, can see me after the service. Evangelism at three. It's three people you believe in God to be saved. Now we know that's a long term. Sometimes it can happen quickly. If you're a new believer, you know a lot of non-Christians. You're just coming to the church and get out there on the telephone. Listen, I've just come to KT. I'm excited about God. Come to the church tonight. You can be like that. But for most of us who've been here for a while, most of us have probably lost quite a lot of contacts with people who were, who were non-Christians. Because we preached at them already. We told them already. So the evangelism of three can be long term. We need to see people saved today. That means we need to start developing friendships with other people we don't know. Amen. And to see the power of God in their lives. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4. Paul says this, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Thank God, Bruce at the 5 p.m. service and on Wednesday night has been teaching on apologetics. And we, we all need to be trained in apologetics, how to defend the gospel. To know intellectually how to defend and how to attack people and defend the gospel. And to have knowledge up here. But Paul is simply saying, it's not enough to have knowledge. You can get out of a knowledge discussion and feel really good. I really got at them there. Hallelujah. I got the victory. But did they get saved? Did they give their lives to Jesus? No, it was just a moral victory. I felt good. They felt bad. I felt good. But Paul was saying, listen, it's not about persuasive words of human wisdom, but it's the demonstration of the spirit and power. Hallelujah. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the 
power of God. The power of God. How many people want to see the power of God? I want to see the power of God. I don't want to just sing, how great is our God. How many times have we sing, sang that song? How great is our God. And then we go into the week and we don't see God. You know, we're depressed because our boss, our boss is treating us in a bad way or something. If you know what I mean, we're going through a tough time. We want to see the power of God. Come up by our boss in the name of Jesus, getting baptized with the Holy Spirit. One anointed word out of our lips in the name of Jesus. And that, you know, that one word could be forgiveness. Listen, I just forgive you. And then suddenly, bang, the power of God comes upon your boss and he gets, he gets saved. That's the power. We want to see the power of God in, in our lives. I remember when I was preaching on the street and this man, he just came to me, he was a little drunk. And he said, prove to me that God exists. Prove to me. So what he was saying is the title of this message, convince me. Well, I can't convince you. What can I do intellectually to convince you that a man died 2,000 years ago on the cross? And, say, and tell you that he was the son of God, a man that I've never met before. Just something supernatural happened to me. I was born again. Hallelujah. And I'm trying to explain, but I can't explain to you because you're not going to understand. But what I can do is I can pray for you. So I said, listen, I'll pray for you. I said, is anything wrong with you? He said, not, not really. I said, is there anything wrong with you? I'll pray for you right now. He said, oh, well, uh, I, I fell off my bike and I've got a, I've got a, a, a swollen wrist. I said, oh, great, give me a hand. Oh, okay then. So a little drunk, I grabbed hold of his hand. I said, listen, I'll pray for you in the name of Jesus. And if your hand is healed, it proves that God exists. Hallelujah. And it proves that Jesus is alive. And so I grabbed hold of his hand and said, listen, in the name of Jesus, I command this wrist to be healed. And I just moved his hand like that by faith, believing that he wouldn't shout or scream because of the pain. Just in Jesus' name. And he goes, you know, all these profanities came out of his mouth. And I said, listen, are you ready to believe? He said, I'm not ready to believe. He didn't make sense, but the miracle power, the miracle power was released. That's what we need to do. We need to shock people into the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know if he went home and, and started to think about these things. I met a man yesterday who came. He made a decision for crisis from a non-Christian family. And right there yesterday, he committed his life to Jesus. Because God's on his case. Now, he might not come to church today because he's probably got a lot of thinking to do. But God's power has been released on his life. He said a friend brought him to church. See, we need to believe God for the power of God because Jesus came to bring a powerful message. The powerful message was that when Jesus was anointed in Luke 4, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. He returned in the power of the Spirit. If Jesus needed the power of the Spirit, how much more do we? How much more do we? we we've got to become dissatisfied. Amen. You've got to become dissatisfied from being comfortable in your seat today. Hallelujah. Maybe your backside is hurting a lot because you've been sitting down for the last 90 minutes. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, I get a little tired of just being in church, sitting down and hearing sermons. You need to get a little uncomfortable and say, hey, after this message is preached, I want to go out, Lord, and I want to make a difference for you. I want to see your power, Lord. I'm tired of not seeing your power. I don't want to make excuses anymore for you. See, we don't need to make excuses for God. God can prove himself. God's big enough to prove himself. We don't need to try and prove God's existence. God can prove himself. And he said, as we go out and preach the gospel, he will confirm the word. Not we will confirm the word. There's no pressure on me to prove that Jesus is alive. I tell you, Jesus is alive. Because he's in me. Hallelujah. He's changed me. I know that he's alive. I've experienced his power. Hallelujah. And we'll continue to experience his power. So you need to get uncomfortable today. Ask your neighbor, are you uncomfortable? Hallelujah. Are you uncomfortable? I tell you, Gabriel preaches these messages and he tells me after the service, you know, I really made them uncomfortable today. Hallelujah. I shocked them. I preached hard at them today. So I know what it is at the 2.30 service for you to feel uncomfortable. 
But don't just feel uncomfortable. Do something about it. Hallelujah. Go out there and make a difference. Grab hold of someone and say, listen, you need Jesus in your life. Hallelujah. You need Jesus in your life. The power of God. Something needs to happen to us today. Something needs to change in our lives. Now I want to turn to Matthew 4 verse 17. Jesus brought the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. The power of God is about bringing the kingdom of God. I want you to think as we look at these scriptures, to think about your neighborhood. Are you bringing the power of God into your neighborhood? Are you bringing the power of God into your community? Now I'm not saying knock on every door and tell them, listen, if you don't come out, I'm going to come in there and I'm going to cast the demons out of you. I'm not saying be fanatical. But maybe just walking up and down your street and praying quietly will be enough for God to break into some people in the neighborhood. Because God's not going to give you all the neighborhood because you haven't even managed to get one person yet. So how are you going to look after all the people in the neighborhood? That's not, that's not possible. What you need to do is just be praying quiet. Lord, give me this neighborhood. Give me this community. Now, I, I've done that in my community. I've been challenged. You know, it's easy to get up here, isn't it, and, and shout on the mic. Anyone could do that. I could give you some, you, you could shout here today and, and, and it could be true. It could be not true. If you know what I mean? It's just a bunch of shouting and preaching. But what is true is when it, it changes your heart. And, and you say, hey, you know, that preaching today really challenged me and I, I, I want to change. So I'm up here, I'm preaching, listen to my own preaching. And I'm saying, God, you know what? It's not enough for me to say we're going to win London. Well, you need to win London. Well, I, you, you need to win London, Christians. So what are you doing about it? Oh, well, Lord, I'm in church uh, Sunday. I'm in church. Uh, during the, this is during the right revival. In church, Monday prayer meeting, Tuesday revival, Wednesday, Thursday, ooh, Friday rest, Saturday in the church, Sunday in the church. And this going on to, for a long time, thinking, God, I need to get out of the church. Hallelujah. I need to do something. For you, we're saying that revival's come to London, and then revival's not coming to our neighborhood. Revival needs to come to our neighborhood. That's what the cell groups are about. Hallelujah. You plant a cell group by faith with nobody. That's faith. Talking about the gifts of the Spirit. T start with a cell group. Ask God for a supernatural gift of faith to believe God. As you look at those empty chairs, they're going to be filled in the name of Jesus. Because I tell you, there's more than 10 people in your neighborhood who could fill those chairs in a minute as long as you got in contact with them. Because they're praying to God. They're saying, God, I don't have any money. I'm in debt. Where are you? I need you. Come and answer me. People are praying prayers like that. People are saying, God, I'm tired of this sickness. Are you out there? Will you heal me? Will you send somebody? We know that because in Acts chapter 10, there was a man named Cornelius whose arms went up for God, what he'd done for charity. And God had visited Peter and said, hey, there's a man called Cornelius and you need to go and share the gospel with him because he's been calling out to me. So Peter went and preached to him and his whole family got saved. Hallelujah. What is God doing in your community? So start prayer walking. Start believing God that the kingdom of God is going to come on your community. But at these gatherings this week, that's what these gatherings are about. That you would hire, get on the telephone to some bus company. Say, listen, I want to hire a coach. How many people do you have? I don't have anybody. You don't have anybody? No, well, well I do have people, but they're not there yet. So I want to hire just by faith. Why do you want to hire a coach by faith? Because I'm believing God that this coach is going to be filled. And I'm going to send them to the gatherings in Jesus' name. And they're going to get out of the gatherings, going into the gatherings of King's Cross, Stratford, and Westminster. And as Colin gives the altar call and prophesies over the city, they're going to give their lives to Jesus. That's what faith is. Hallelujah. I've had a vision that coach loads of people come out of this church. 
Coach loads of people go out of this church. They'll go all over the city, all over the UK. They'll get out of that coach. They'll preach the gospel. They'll get people saved. Go back in. Go to the next city. Hallelujah. Because that's what we need to do. That's what we're called to do. They preached everywhere. They brought the kingdom everywhere. And the Lord confirmed by signs following. Matthew 4 verse 17. Jesus said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. It's time to change. Colin preached that at the beginning of this year. Now is the time. Don't say four months in the harvest. Oh, Lord, not this week at King's Cross. Uh, maybe it's the next one. I'm a bit busy this week. Don't say that. Come out this week in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And believe God that souls are going to get saved. Don't say, oh, well, I'll wait till Westminster because that's going to be the big one. How do you know it's going to be the big one? How do you know it's going to be the big one? We're going to believe God. But you should just say, now's the time. I'm going to invite someone when I can. Whether it's King's Cross, Stratford or Westminster. I'm going to believe God that I'm going to bring someone and they're going to give their lives to Christ. Jesus said the kingdom is now. Matthew 10. Let's turn there. Matthew 10. Now Jesus was going out. He was preaching the gospel saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he was healing people. He was delivering people. He was changing people's lives. In Matthew 10, Matthew 10, he sends out the 12. And he says in verse 1, When he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. I don't know about you, but you read that. Read that about 20 times this week. Hallelujah. Because when you read it there, and I've done this, you read it and you say, well, thank God. That was then in Bible days. Now that's there for Colin Dye because he's an apostle. Hallelujah. Bruce, I've seen him at the seven, so he heals. And William Lee, when he comes, he heals as well. But that's all right. And we just accepted a face value. But I want you to pray over this verse. Say, no, that's for me. That's for me. I'm a disciple. Jesus said, called his 12, his disciples to him. He said, I'm going to give you power. That word power means authority. I'm giving you authority. How many people know we have authority in Christ? The Bible says we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. I think the problem is we go in our own authority. We go in with our own, own wisdom, our own knowledge, trying to persuade people. It doesn't make any difference. We need to know who is sending us. Hallelujah. Jesus is sending you to the world. You cannot be scared because the most powerful person in the whole world is sending you and us all out to preach the good news in the power of the Spirit. He says, you're going to cast out demons. You're going to heal the sick. All kinds of diseases. He says, go in verse 6, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, Lord, I don't even know if the kingdom is at hand. I'm just struggling to get by. Sometimes we need to break through where we are right now. Hallelujah. We need to break into something different. That's why you need the power of God. That's why Jesus said in Luke 24, verse 49, wait in Jerusalem till you've been clothed with power from on high. How many people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Lift your hand in the air. Received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that really gets you know, me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that people say they got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, present company excluded. You know, you say you got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but then it doesn't make any difference in your life. Nobody gets saved. Nobody gets healed. Nothing happens. All we do is talk in tongues. That's it. See, for me, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is tongues, is prophetic language, but also it's a changed life. 
Because Jesus said, he didn't say in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. He said, you shall receive power. Hallelujah. You shall receive power. So before we talk about tongues, the evidence was, the pattern was right throughout Acts is that they talk with tongues. But also you saw them preaching everywhere, healing the sick, making a difference, proclaiming Christ, stirring up the people. There was riots going on. But yet they still got up there and said, Lord, the riots may be happening and there may be persecution. So God, give us more boldness. Give us more confidence so we can preach about you. Because the power of God was the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you shall receive power to be a witness. Talking about being convinced by the power. That's what Jesus was saying in Acts 1 verse 8. You want to convince the world? You want to convince the world? You need to operate in the power of God. You need to wait till you receive the power of God. I believe that the power of God or the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an ongoing experience. It's not something, oh well, 20 years ago I got baptized in my youth group in the Holy Spirit and I spoke with tongues. What about yesterday? Did you receive the power of God yesterday? What about today in church? Did you receive the power of God today in church? See, the purpose of gathering together is that we come together and we pray together and we say, listen, I've been out there in the world and Jesus has been making a difference. Like when we got up here today and said 65 people responded in Slough. Many of you were there. Other people could, should get up here and say, listen, you were in Slough, so what? I was in London and I prayed for somebody and they got out of a wheelchair. You sit down, sir. shut up. I got up, come on, my cell group was out there and we evangelized and 20 people got saved. Constant testimonies, that's what church should be about. Constant people coming to me, hey, I've got the power of God. The power of God was on me this week. That's what Jesus was saying. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I heard that Manchester United were winning 5-0, hallelujah, before I got to be. So that's why I'm anointed today. I'm anointed. Glory to God. Could be 7-0. We're believing for 7. Is it 7-0? I don't even 7-0. Believing for more. But can you imagine, imagine a team that doesn't score any goals? Imagine a team that doesn't score any goals, that doesn't get any results. How boring is that? I don't want to quit that team. So listen, get my, get my contract out of here. The church is about winning. Hallelujah. It's about winning. It's about making a difference. Oh, well, I just want to be here in the presence of God, the love of Jesus, the grace of God, and all that kind of stuff. Yes, some people need that for a time. But when you've been in the church for a while, you need to get stirred up. Get the revelation of grace. Get the revelation of who I am in Christ. And, get the, and once you've got the revelation, start to tell others about it. Because the power of God changes our lives. My testimony is, I remember not speaking about God at all during my childhood. I'm going to tell you a reason for that. At age eight, it took me till age eight to make a decision for God. And to be honest with you, I'd never seen anybody share the gospel as a, as a kid. No one was preaching the gospel. So from eight till 16, nothing really happened. I don't even knew, know if anybody even knew I was a Christian at school. But you know what? At age 15, I dedicated my life to Jesus. And I just went forward in a church meeting and just gave my life to Christ. And you know what I said to God? He said, God, you know, I'm rededicating my life to you. But I don't want to rededicate my life to religion. People who come to church and don't live it during the week. That's not Kensington Temple because we challenge you every week to make a difference. So we know that you are making a difference. But the church is out there, not making a difference, just happy to come and sing their shine, Jesus shine, or their hymns, or whatever, and not doing anything in the week. So I said to God, I want to see your power. I want to see your power in my life, Lord. I want to see the Jesus of the Bible. Hallelujah. 
That's what I've committed my life to. What have you committed your life to today? The Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus who's alive. The Jesus who is real. The Jesus who will visit me on this platform today and anoint me to preach. The Jesus who will anoint me when I'm out there in the name of Jesus in the world. The Jesus who will anoint me on Monday morning when I go to the office. Jesus who will anoint me when I'm at home in my personal time. It's all about Him. Hallelujah. We need to see Jesus in our lives. If you want to see the power of God, by the way, spend time with Him. Spend time with Him in prayer. Seek His face. Say, God, I want to meet with you in Jesus' name. Six months after I committed my life to Christ, I went to a youth conference and we spent the week there. And I was hungering after God. I was saying, God, I want to see your power. And, you know, at the same time, I still had things in my character that needed dealing with. So we were messing around, you know, during the day, climbing on the school tops and climbing through windows, stuff that teenagers do. And uh, at the same time, I was at the service going, hallelujah, Jesus, I want to be changed. So I had a process. Some of us are on that road to process at the moment. But I was determined that God would change my life. And the preacher was preaching, and he was saying, listen, God's called you to make a difference. God's called you like David, to be a champion, to keep moving forward. Oh, God. And he's beginning to preach. And, you know, often some of the sermons that we preach doesn't make sense, but there's one thing in that message that does make sense. And the guy said, listen, those who feel called, come forward. I felt, yeah, I feel called. I want God to use me. I want God to do something in my life. So I went forward in that meeting. And as we went forward, there's about another 40 people went forward. I got on my knees. And without the preacher saying anything, I just started to repent of my sins. I said, God, you know, I'm not worthy. Lord, God, all the stuff I've been doing in my life, all the stuff against you, the stuff I shouldn't have been doing, God, forgive me. I poured out my heart to God. And then I remember just standing in the air. The worship was going. I stood on my feet, wiping away my tears, and I began to lift my hands. I began to speak in this tongue because when I got saved as a kid, I began to speak in tongues. I started to speak in tongues. And as I began to speak in tongues, it was like the power of God, the fire of God just hit my head. I was seeking God for His power. Right there, at the front of the church, I just lifted my hands and this fire hit my head, all the way from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I began to pray, and then my tongues completely changed. And I began to pray in a completely different language. And I was there, just speaking in this tongues. Tears were, I was just crying and weeping. And I remember just having this fire in my heart, in my chest, but my chest was going to pop. I was just there, filled with the love of God, filled with the fire of God. And I was saying, God, I just want you. I just want you in my life. I want you, Lord. And I was crying out to him. Remember, one by one, people begin to leave because they wanted to get in the coach to go back to the school where we were all staying. And I remember just there, just standing at the front. Lord, I don't want to leave. Crying out to God. Crying to God. I felt like God had just purged me. I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Completely immersed. What it means, baptism means the word immersion. Power, baptized with power. Power that changes us. Power that changes us, gets rid of the fear in our lives and enables us to preach the gospel. Giving us a confidence to convince people that Jesus is alive. I remember going back to school. I didn't premeditate these things. I didn't premeditate, I didn't read an evangelism book and say, right, what's the four strategies of evangelism, Lord? Right, this is what I'm going to do when I go to school. I'm going to present these questions and I'm going to tell these people, this is it. I didn't even think about that. I just went back to school normally, like every church member usually does, not thinking about evangelizing, just going back to school. And then one of the guys, don't know how we got into the topic of religion, and we started talking about religion. I said, listen, you need Jesus in your life. You need to get saved. I've just got saved. Just come back from a Christian camp, and you need to give your life to Christ. Have you got a destiny? What are you going to do with your life? And we started to talk about God. And we got this topic of evolution and arguing. And it was the first time that I, I just couldn't sit down. I just had to tell them about Jesus. 
I tell you, what was that? It was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the witness. The Holy Spirit witnessing that I was a child of God. Witnesses, hey, these people at school, they need to become Christians. Now they didn't get saved, but that was the first thing that God began to do in my life as an early believer. The power of God is there to give proof to the gospel. Turn over to Acts chapter 8. Hallelujah. If the musicians can just come right now. I'm just going to give you some keys to the power of God. Keys to the power of God. Number one, availability. Are you available? Stop making excuses of why God can't use you. I'm not good enough. Well, you are good enough because Jesus is good enough. And if Jesus is in your life, you're good enough. Hallelujah. You're not based on our righteousness, whether we lived a life of righteousness or we're perfect. Well, none of us are perfect here today. None of us are perfect. If we, if we were waiting for perfection, we would never go and evangelize. None of us are perfect. So we just accept we're not perfect. We're perfect in Christ. It's not our righteousness, His righteousness. And we're going out in His righteousness. Catherine Coleman said it's not golden vessels, it's not silver vessels, but it's yielded vessels. People just yield to the power of God. Lord, you know what? I just want to see you this week. Lord, when I come across someone who doesn't know you, God, I want to say something that will encourage them. I want to be able to pray for them. Hopefully, one day, I'll get a chance to lead someone to you. But God, I ask you that you begin to use me in a powerful way. Number three, you need to pray. Prayer brings the power of God. What are we praying about? When we prayed um, on Friday night for the mission, about half the people who were on the mission turned up. So we prayed. We prayed what? For the power of God. We prayed two for salvation. We prayed three that we'll be anointed. And we did some spiritual warfare. We expected God. We expected God to move. And we went out on the street and God did move. We, we trust God for His power. But the same faith and the same prayer we've got to make for our personal life. When was the last time we spent a couple of hours in prayer saying, God, you know, this week I want to see your power. I'm going to be going to this restaurant with these people from work. I just want an opportunity, Lord. I want an opportunity. Convict them, Lord. Convict them, Lord. Use me, Lord. Give me an opportunity. Speak to people about you and spend time in prayer. So when you go to that meal, you're going to be anointed. When someone gives you a question, you're going to be able to answer them with boldness and confidence because God's with you. Number three, four, compassion. Compassion, compassion brings the power of God. Jesus was moved with compassion, the Bible says, and he healed them. Something to do with being moved for people. When you're praying for people and you don't have compassion, it's like, yeah, whatever, uh, be healed. Yes. Next. You get that, but when you're moved with compassion, you really focus on that person. Your heart begins to be moved. Something moves. Compassion means that your bowels will move. Something will move in here. And you'll be released. I remember praying for a guy and, uh, in Brazil, and this was one of the first missions that we did. And uh, Colin was in Brazil, and, and Colin gave a prophetic word over Brazil. And since that time, Catholicism fell, and a revival happened all over Brazil, where all the Catholics started to get born again. And hundreds of thousands of people have come to faith in Christ since Colin's prophecy in the na early 90s. So we were going to Brazil, and Colin was literally thousands of people, 10,000 or plus people in this crusade. And a man came forward, and I remember I was only 19, and he said, listen, I want to be healed. I was thinking, you want to be healed, what up? And as I looked at his face, he didn't, he didn't have a nose. He said, I don't have a nose and I'm finding it difficult to breathe. I want God to really just give me a miracle. And so I can start breathing properly through my nose. I thought, oh, 
How am I going to do that? Anybody ever given anybody a new nose before? No, no, one of us. I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, Lord, I want to be anointed. I've been praying. Lord, I want to be anointed. Come on. I'm ready. So I just put my hands up on that nose, covering it so I didn't see it. And something just happened to me. I remember just being moved with compassion. This guy needs to be healed. So I said, Lord, heal him in the name of Jesus. And like power just hit the back of my head, went through my hand, bang, went straight into him, and he fell right on the floor. I just got excited. So excited that I didn't bother to pick him up. I just left him there. I moved on to the next person. I don't know if it was unbelief or, or, just, or what. just didn't think that I wanted to get her back up with, with, still with no nose. I just thought, yeah, God, you're doing your thing. And then 10 minutes later, I saw him on the platform. The column was interviewing him. He said, hey, what's happened to you? What's happened to you? Oh, well, I got prayed for by some guy down there. And God just gave me a new nose. Hallelujah. Right there. God gave a creative miracle. It's about being moved by God. Something of God. In myself and in ourselves is nothing. Paul says in ourselves nothing good dwells. So we still struggle. Even though we obviously it looks quite anointed from here. You know, poor guy falls down, gets back up, put him down, the penny in style. Looks good. But in ourselves we're still human. But we need compassion. Number five, faith releases God's power. It's faith. William got up here and he would just say, listen, I'm staying in the faith zone. Meaning, I've still got all the negative thoughts that are going on in my mind, but I'm rejecting those things in the name of Jesus. I've spent my time in prayer, spent my time in the Word, and I'm going to pray for the sick, and I'm believing God that as I pray, they're going to be healed. Staying in the faith zone. Number six, praying in the name of Jesus. Praying in the name of Jesus. Peter and John said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now that's not just quoting the name of Jesus, is it? I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's recognizing the authority on the name of Jesus. It's recognizing who Jesus is, like Colin preached this morning. Recognize that he's the Son of God. And as you go in his name, I'm not going in the name of Christian. I'm going in the name of Jesus. So in the name of Jesus, be healed. Hallelujah. The demons were scared of Jesus. Do not cast us out before your time. It's in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Philip went down to Samaria, Acts chapter 8. There were those who were scattered, went everywhere, preaching the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached the Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord. He did the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. They heeded the things that Philip spoke. Why? Because they saw the miracles that he did. It's miracles. Sign. We don't worship miracles. You know, in Christendom, we're, we're quite like that. We put the guy on the wheelchair. Wow, look at that wheelchair. Look at a blind person see. It's not about that. It's about opening the door to the whole community. Showing the whole community. Listen, there's that sign. That sign's pointing to heaven. That sign's pointing to Jesus. Now look, I've done that sign. That person's coming out of that wheelchair because you all need to come to faith in Christ. That's why God does it. He points people towards the kingdom. That's why signs and wonders there. So they heeded the things spoken by Philip. They believed in Jesus. Why? Because of the miracles. And there was great joy in the city. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord. There's a million other things that we could say today. But I want you to be inspired by God. Firstly, today, if you're in this place today and you don't have a relationship with God, I'm going to give you an opportunity to believe in Jesus today. Hallelujah. You can have forgiveness of sins. You can experience God's power. The greatest miracle on earth is that you will meet Jesus for yourself. You'll know Jesus for yourself and that you'll have forgiveness of sins. Before you leave this place today, you'll be changed. And God will open the door and say, hey, welcome into heaven. 
because he wants to save you he loves you I'm going to pray a prayer right now and if you need Jesus in your life every Christian praying right now under the sound of my voice if you're here today and you've come in either you're not a Christian you've never received Jesus or you're in sin and you're away from God and today you're saying I need forgiveness I want Jesus in my life I'm going to pray this prayer say Father God I come before you right now in the name of Jesus and I admit that I need you I admit that I'm a sinner today I want you in my life Jesus forgive me of all my sins today I believe in you I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again on the third day. And today I make a decision to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me, cleansing me, and giving me a second chance. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer and you want Jesus in your life, you want forgiveness of sins, I want to pray with you right now. Lift your hand in this place today. If you want Jesus in your life, I want to pray for you today. Lift it high. I'm only going to pray for people who lift their hands. Because when you lift that hand, you lift it to heaven and you're saying, You know, Jesus, I'm here today. I want you in my life. I want forgiveness. Lift it high in this place. Thank you in the transept. Lift it high in this place today. And if you're in this place today and you're saying, Christian, I'm backslidden. I used to live for God. But today I want to recommit my life to God. Lift it high in this place today. With all the other people. Lift it up. Say, hey, pray for me. I want Jesus in my life. Thank you, there's two, three people, the lady here. Lift it high. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for these people today. In Jesus' name, consolidate is moving into place. We're going to spend some time praying with you at the end of the service. So I just ask you right now, in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you, Lord God, for the people who lift their hands. God, that you would come into their life today. And that you, you would just baptize them with you. Your love and your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy. Today, bring change into their life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand right now. I want us to lift our hands. I'm not going to lay hands on anybody in this place today. Jesus can lay his hands on you where you're at right now. If you want the power of God, just lift it to heaven before Gabriel comes to close the service. And in these few moments, I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray in tongues. And begin to call on God. And begin to ask Him for His power this week. In Jesus' name. If you believe in God to use you this week. If you want God to invade your world, just lift your voice right now. And in, this, in these next moments, encounter God. In Jesus' name. That's right. Lift your voice in this place today. And begin to cry out to Him. And say, God, I need you this week, Lord. Lord, I need your power this week, Lord God. I don't want to persuade people anymore. Lord, I want to convince people by your power. Lord, when I open my mouth, I want it to be anointed, Father. I want you to give me the words to say the things to speak Lord as I lift my hands to people and pray for the sick I want to see them healed in the name of Jesus God right now release your power upon the 230 service here today release your power Father over all of these 200 plus people God that could be 200 souls this week that could be 200 people being healed that could be 200 dead people being raised 200 demons cast out oh God in the name of Jesus God today release your anointing release your power for we want to be changed Lord God in Jesus' name, Father, give us compassion. Give us compassion. Give us compassion, Lord God. That nothing would block you in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, release your anointing. Release your power. In Jesus' name. Father, we give you the glory. Lift your hands and receive his presence right now. Oh, I want you to just begin to speak in tongues. Lift your voices right now so I can hear you. That's it, a bit louder. Hallelujah about the person on your left and your right just begin to call out to him because when you get home you're going to call you're going to call out to God when you get home you're going to say God hey not a church anymore Lord I want your power oh I want your power
Jesus. This week at King's Cross, next week at Stratford. Oh God, as we warm up with our big crescendo, Westminster, God, we want to see miracles. We want to see your power, Father. Use us for your glory. Use us for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's give Jesus a shout of praise here today.